Speak to us now, O Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. For this is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but Lord, your word will forever last. God, we are ready for your word. Father, we celebrate you today. And we pray now that as your word goes forth, it will go forth in power and might. Forgive me of my sins of thought, word, and deed, overt, covert, and inadvertent sins. Forgive me of anything that would hinder your word from going forth, that your people might hear from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let me ask you a question. This is not a trick question. I want to know, seriously, how many of you, at one time or another in your life, wanted to grow? Like, just raise your hand. Like, you just wanted to grow. Uh, I don't know, maybe you were undersized in your class, or uh, maybe you were being picked on by some bullies, or maybe you had older brothers and sisters, and you wanted to go, and they told you, no, you can't go because you're too little. You wanted to grow. Now, I don't even know if you were spiritually minded enough to pray about growing, but you wanted to grow. You could wait till you could get big enough so you could hang out with the bigger kids, right? Um, I remember going to a amusement park, went to this amusement park, and I remember I wanted to get on this ride. And I couldn't get on the ride because you had to be a certain height to get on the ride. And I was too short. Oh, my God, you're talking about mad. You're talking about upset. And I can remember thinking when I got home, boy, I can't wait till I get big enough so I can get on that ride. Right? And typically, we're praying because we want to get bigger uh, we want to get stronger. We want to become more beautiful or, or more shapely if we don't, don't feel like we're as developed as somebody else, right? We're, we're praying to grow physically. But how many of you have had a desire to grow spiritually? I mean, that, that same kind of desire that said, man, I can't wait until I can grow spiritually. I can't wait until I can pray and, and, and see my prayers answered. I can't wait until I can see the move of God in my life. See, here's what's interesting. We had very little control over our growth physically. Much of who we are was in our genes, our genetics, right? Most of us look like our mother or our father or a combination thereof or maybe a distant relative. But, but, but there's, a, there's a key link to how we look and how we have developed and how we have grown. But what most of us don't realize is that while we have little to say about our physical growth, we have everything to say about our spiritual growth. Today, for a few moments, I, I want to talk to you uh, from the thought growing to have a joy-filled life. Growing to have a joy-filled life. In our text today, Paul prays 
for the saints of Philippi. He tells them, I'm praying for you. And here's what's interesting. He's not praying for their numerical growth. He's not praying for their financial growth. He is praying for them to grow spiritually. And for somebody today, the growth that God is hoping for, the growth that God is looking for in your life is not the numerical growth. It's not the financial growth. It's not the growth and the accumulation of material possessions. God wants to see you grow spiritually. Our text today is found in Philippians chapter 1. We're in the midst of a campaign, for those of you who are just joining us, called the Joy Campaign. And the Joy Campaign is a walk-through the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians. Our sub-theme is living a joy-filled life in a trouble-filled world. Living a joy-filled life in a trouble-filled world. Uh, The book of Philippians was written somewhere around A.D. 60 to 63. It's one of four epistles that are called the prison epistles because Paul wrote this epistle while he was in jail in Rome. He founded this church in Philippi because uh, Philippians, uh, the, 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 the church, and Philippi, the town, it was literally on the Ignatian Way on, on the road to Europe. It was a gateway kind of city. And people traveled up and down that way on their way to and from Rome. It was a major uh, path of commerce, and it was an ideal place to plant a church because the gospel could be shared with those from around the world who would take the gospel message back to their homelands. Now, it's interesting that, that this book is, is a book of joy. Some may say, well, how did you get joy out of this book, preacher? Well, 16 times in four chapters, we see the word joy or rejoice or derivative thereof showing up in the book of Philippians. And it's such a powerful message because even though Paul was in prison, even though Paul had been beaten and lied upon and persecuted, everything that Paul had gone through, Paul says, you and I still have the power to have joy. And so today I want to talk about growing to have a joy-filled life. How do you and I need to grow if we're going to experience the joy of the Lord in our life? Now, Philippians chapter 1, Paul shares with this church three things. He, He tells the church of Philippi first, Uh, I've had you in my mind, uh, verses 3 through 6. In verses 7 and 8, he says, I I had you in my heart. And we talked about uh, the key to living a joy-filled life, and that's understanding the power of love and the relationship between love and joy. But in verses 9 through 11, Paul says, I've had you in my prayers. I had you on my mind. I have you in my heart, but I need you all to know I've been praying for you. And the question is, what has Paul been praying? And I believe it's clear right here in the text. He's been praying that these believers would grow. Look at number one. You need to keep growing 
in your ability to love. You need to keep growing in your ability to love. Look at verse 9. The ESV translation, Philippians chapter 1, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment, that your love may abound more and more. This is a prayer for maturity. Um, Paul lets them know that he is praying that their love will grow and that their love will overflow. Um, that word love is the Greek word agape, that, that unmerited, uh, 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 unconditional love that God gives to us. This is God's love for us, uh, Jesus' love for God, the love that we are commanded to have for God when we love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the love that we are to have for one another when we love our neighbors as ourselves. It's both the highest form of vertical and horizontal love that can be practiced. Paul says, I'm praying that your love may abound more and more. That word abound is such a powerful word. It's a powerful word because here's what that word means. It literally means to be in excess, to exceed, to increase, and to increase abundantly. He says, I'm praying that your love would abound, that it would grow, listen carefully, in both quantity and quality. Now, somebody that's listening right now is saying, wait a minute, what do you mean, preacher? What do you mean my love needs to grow? Here's what Paul was praying for the church at Philippi, and here's the message for you and I parenthetically. Paul wants us to understand that the love that we have right now is not all the love that we can have. The love that we give is not all the love that we can give. The love that we see is not all of the love that we can see. And the love that we show is not all of the love that we can show. He says you need to grow. You need to grow. Your love can abound both in quantity and in quality. Verse 9, the New Living Translation says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. If there's a connection between love and joy, and God says, I'm praying. This is what Paul is saying. I'm praying that your love would abound, that your love will overflow. Guess what? The only way your joy, Lord Jesus, can overflow, the only way your joy can abound is for your love to abound. Because remember, joy, one of the ninefold fruit of the Spirit, is an expression of love. He says, you have to grow in both the quantity and quality of your love. You've got to grow in your ability to recognize and receive and release love. You've got to grow in love. Now, somebody may be asking the question, well, how do, how do I grow in love, preacher? How do I grow in love? Well, here's what God wants you to understand. 
You cannot grow in the love that you give until you learn how to grow in recognizing the love that you have received. Because it's out of the well of the love that we have received that we're able to love others. See, typically, when we get to the place where we don't want to love somebody because they don't deserve our love, any form or fashion of our love, it's really because we have stopped focusing on how unworthy we are to receive the love of God. When I recognize that I have freely received of God's love and I don't deserve his love, I am more apt to give that kind of love to somebody else. And Paul says you've got to grow in your ability to love others. Don't be satisfied and content with who you're loving, where you're loving, and how you're loving. Stretch yourself and learn how to love beyond the comfortable and learn how to love beyond where you've been loving. Here's the second thing, though, number two. He says you need to recognize and you need to keep growing in knowledge and understanding. You need to keep growing in knowledge and understanding. Let me read verse 9 for you again in its total or totality. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Not syrupy sentimentality. He says, I want your love to grow. And in particular, I want your love to grow in terms of knowledge and discernment. Uh, That word knowledge speaks to uh, recognition. Uh, Some might uh, claim that it's it's simply an understanding of of, of facts, of evidence that's in front of you. Uh, Discernment speaks to perception and judgment and insight. He says, I want you to grow. I want your love to grow, and I want you to grow in knowledge and in discernment, in in evidence and insight. I want you to grow. Now, somebody may be asking, wait a minute, what does that look like? Well, one of the evidences that you are growing in love is that you grow in how you love. Let me see if I could put a a cord in the meat and park here for a second for somebody. Um, An immature love is a love that vacillates is a love that gets mad and angry, listen carefully, and reacts before it responds. Paul says, I need you to grow in your love because your ability to love reveals your growth and your maturity in terms of your walk with God. So when, when you're young, um, some people think when they're young that a commitment to holiness warrants and justifies judgment. And as you continue to walk with God, you will realize that ungodliness 
is many times the greatest place that grace is needed. You will realize that judgment is above your pay grade and that love is the commandment of God and love is the vehicle by which we can help people find their way to the grace of God. Have you ever talked to somebody maybe who was older, um, spiritually wiser, and you was ready to just go crazy, you was ready to fly off the handle, you was ready to give people a piece of your mind, and you didn't have much of your mind left. And they were like, calm down. It's going to be, no, you don't understand. No, calm down. Hold on. And after they spent a few minutes with you, you, you still weren't ready on the spot to acknowledge that you was wrong, Right? Maybe down the road a little bit, a few minutes, maybe the next day, you say, you know what? I'm sure glad you talked to me. You were sure right. You know, I slept on it. I thought about it. I prayed about it. And you were sure right. That's a person who has grown in knowledge and discernment. Paul says, I'm I'm praying that you grow that your love would abound more and more and that you would grow in knowledge and that you will grow in discernment. Look at verse 10. So that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Pure and blameless does not mean sinless. But as you grow in spiritual maturity, you should be sinning less both in terms of how often you sin and the severity of your sin. And whenever you do sin, Christian maturity moves you to a place of repentance. Now, remember, we're talking about growing to have a joy-filled life. So if I'm not growing in my love, if I'm not growing in my knowledge, if I'm not growing in terms of discernment, if I am not growing so that I can live a pure and blameless life ready for Jesus when he comes back, how can I have the joy of the Lord in my life? Paul says you've got to make a commitment to grow because growing in knowledge and discernment helps produce a joy-filled life. See, the truth of the matter is, more times than not, the way you live your life will determine the joy in your life. So if you're not living in a way that honors God, it's real hard to have the joy of the Lord in your life. Look at Colossians 1.9. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We're praying that you will be filled, that you will be controlled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Here's the third and final thing. And then I'm going to let you go. Number three, you need to keep growing in how the Holy Spirit controls you. You need to keep growing 
and how the Holy Spirit controls you. Verse 11, Philippians chapter 1. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. Paul says God wants us filled and fruitful. Now that idea of filled means literally to control. That God wants us controlled and God wants us fruitful. Fruitful speaks to productivity. Filled, controlled. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Be controlled with the Spirit, just like the drunk is controlled by the substance that has brought about his or her inebriation. God says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit control you. Control how you talk. Control how you walk. Control how you interact with others. But then he says, I want you to be fruitful. I want to see some productivity out of your life. Look at Colossians 1.10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit, there it is, in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He says you ought to be bearing some fruit. There ought to be some evidence. There ought to be some evidence. I mean, it, it's a poor tree. If I came over to your house and you said that's a pear tree and it never produced any pears. It's a poor peace tree. If you said that's a peace tree and there never was any peaches showing up on that tree or a fig tree that never grew figs. And God says, as a believer, as a child of God, you ought to be bearing some fruit. There ought to be some evidence. And you can't produce fruit if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to grow in his control of your life. Now, what kind of fruit is God looking for? Well, let me just point out a couple. Look at Galatians 5. We hit on this in our last message, but I want to I park here for a second. Galatians 5, beginning at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Such, against such things there is no law. The characteristics that God is looking for in our lives, the signs of spiritual maturity, are the fruit of the Spirit. That's a great place to start. Spiritual gifts speak to activity. Fruit of the Spirit speaks to spiritual maturity. And there are many who focus on the gift and neglect the fruit. And God says, no, in a very real sense, the fruit is more important than the gift. Because if you're not careful, the gift will get you in the place where the absence of fruit can't keep you. God says, I want to see some fruit in your life, child of God. Dr. Robert Gramacki 
divides the works of the Spirit into three categories. And I'm going to give these to you real quick. He says, first, there's inward fruit. That's love, joy, peace. Uh, These three inward attitudes are the attitudes that the gospel bring to you. Love, agape, uh, joy, kara, peace, irene. Love speaks to that divine love that's not found in human nature. Joy recognizes the inexhaustible, unconquerable, insurmountable, indomitable presence of the love of God in your life. And when you recognize God's love for you and the joy that you have in him, you can have peace because he gives a peace that passes all understanding. And it's interesting that he starts with what's going on on the inside when most of us, when we think about changing our lives, we focus on what's going on on the outside. But he moves from inward fruit to outward fruit. In other words, when the inward fruit is right, then it manifests itself in the outward fruit. Gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance. These four actions towards others are actions resulting from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's hard to be peaceable with other people when you have no peace within. Right? When there's no love within, how are you going to exercise and show gentleness without? When there is no joy within, how are you going to show goodness without? He says the fruit is manifested and starts inward. It shows up outward, but then eventually there's some fruit that must go upward. Look at the C part of verse 22 faithfulness faithfulness what do you mean preacher faith is belief in god it's the belief in god's word it's the attitude that involves respect reverence and trust in god do you believe god he said that's part of the fruit that you ought to be manifesting a fruit of faithfulness upward that believes god But but watch this. There are other places where he says fruit uh, needs to show up. The winning of lost souls. Uh, Romans chapter 1 talks about that's fruit. That's fruit to the Lord. Uh, Holiness. Romans 6.22 is spiritual fruit. Uh, We are to be fruitful in every good work. 1 Corinthians 1 Uh, I'm sorry, Colossians 1, 10. And the writer to the Hebrew says, we are to offer to the Lord the praise from our lips. The fruit of our lips is is a fruit that we are to offer to God. Now, here's what's interesting about about fruit. Um, I don't know how many of you have been on a farm or, or spent any time in a fruit orchard. What's interesting is um, fruit doesn't make a whole lot of noise. As, as it's developing. Um, fruit just goes about its natural way. And, and as that plant goes about its natural way, uh, if it is healthy, it produces fruit. Not a whole lot of noise. You just, you just go out and you see fruit. And then you continue to go out and you'll see that fruit ripening. You'll see evidence of growth. 
in the presence of fruit. Uh, Look at John 15, beginning at verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, now listen carefully. It doesn't mean you can do nothing without him you can do something without him it just won't produce anything without him so it's not what you do it's what you produce the nothing is what you produce apart from him see too many of you are trying to produce out of your own efforts instead of abiding in Christ and abiding in him and allowing him to produce fruit in and through your life that, that's been some of the struggle. That's for somebody, I'm, I'm knocking on your door right now. That's, that's been your biggest struggle in the midst of this pandemic. You've had to shut down, sit down, not do, and depend on God. And it's been the hardest time in your life because you are so used to taking matters into your own hands. And whatever you have taken into your hands, you can do nothing about it now. God says, you've got to abide in me. That's the difference between uh, spiritual fruit and human religious activity. Uh, Our activity won't last past how active we are. Fruit that is developed within us and is manifested through us and around us will not only benefit us but benefit those who are in the presence of the fruit as it comes forth. And so here's what he says. He says, be filled with the fruit of righteousness. Be controlled. Grow in the Holy Spirit controlling you. Look at Romans 5.5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love when you are filled with the fruit of righteousness you are controlled by that fruit and that fruit will manifest itself in every area of your life. So let me just close by telling you this. Unlike your physical stature, you have something to say about your spiritual growth. There's <laughs> somebody who's watching right now. You wish you were a few inches taller, a few inches shorter, maybe a little more shapely, maybe too much shape. Maybe you're sitting there saying, man, I wish I still had that six-pack. That six-pack has turned into a keg, right? And you really wish, you really wish you could get some things back. And it just hasn't happened physically. But 
But here's what God wants you to do. God wants you to understand that what you may not be able to control physically, you can control spiritually. And when Paul prays for the Philippian saints to grow, he prays that same prayer for you and for me, parenthetically. So I want to commend you today. I want to ask you today. I want to implore you today to grow. You, you want your joy to grow? Grow in love in both the quantity and quality of your love. Grow in how you love the people you love. Grow in loving the people that you typically haven't loved. Grow in the amount of love that you give. Grow in the quality of the love that you give. Grow in knowledge and discernment. Grow in wisdom and understanding. And grow in allowing the Holy Spirit to control your life. And I promise you, if you can learn how to grow in those three areas, you will see a growth in the manifestation of joy in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I pray now that your word has found fertile ground in the hearts and minds of your people. Thank you for preaching power. And I pray, God, that you will receive the glory and the honor from it all. I pray good seed has found good soil and that it will produce great fruit as we continue our walk with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you are watching today and uh, you're looking to become part of a church family, we welcome you to join us here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Um, if you're not able to get to your church, maybe you just feel God leading you to become part of our church family virtually, uh, you have an opportunity to do that on today. Just uh, drop us an email. Just let us know. I'd like to become part of this church family um, on the virtual platform uh, because we want to help facilitate your discipleship even while you're at home or in your place of rest. Also want you to know that you've had an opportunity to give throughout this broadcast. Um, there are a multiplicity of ways for you to give. Uh, you can give online. You can text to give. Apple Pay is available. Uh, GiveLify is available. Um, Push Pay is available. Um, and it's your gifts that help us to continue to do the kingdom work uh, that God is calling us to do. Uh, we're literally touching the lives of thousands of people every week, over a thousand people every week um, that we are um, blessing through our food pantry, um, through our benevolence, uh, through our kingdom work here at the Good Hope Church, um, both members of our church and people outside of our church who are coming and volunteering and serving, working out their soul salvation. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but that kingdom work can only take place uh, when people give. 
And so I want to thank all of you for your faithfulness in giving. For those of you who have given of your time, for those of you who have given of your talent, for those of you who have given of your treasure, thank you for allowing this church to continue to touch lives uh, locally and to bless those nationally and internationally as well. We have missionaries who are on the field that we're blessing. We're getting ready to commission uh, our director of missions, Pastor Mark Sloan, is about to go to Uganda, he and his wife, and we'll be commissioning them to go in the very near future. All of that is because of the support and love that has been shared through your financial gifts. Thank you for that. But if you're watching right now and you've never asked the Lord into your life, I want to lead you and give you an opportunity to pray this prayer of salvation. It's a very simple prayer, but it is powerful in its simplicity because you literally can ask Jesus Christ into your life. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that God sent his son Jesus to die to pay the price for your sins. Confess it with your mouth. If you believe it in your heart, the Bible says, Romans chapter 10, you shall be saved. That you can be saved right now. Not perfect, saved. Not sinless, but saved to sinless. And I want to help you and encourage you in that walk to give you opportunity to tap into supernatural power by which to live your life. If you need Jesus Christ in your life, would you pray right now with us? Follow me. Just, just repeat after me this prayer. Um, and if you know somebody who needs Jesus, help them to pray this prayer with you. Repeat after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I want to turn away from my sinful life to the life you have planned for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my past and make me new. I know your son, Jesus Christ, died for me. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. At this very moment, I accept, confess, and proclaim Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I want him to live in my heart from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your mercy. In your name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe by faith that you are saved, that you've accepted Jesus Christ in your life, and we give God all of the glory and the honor. Listen, if you're wondering what to do next, you can find on our website or on our app, I just got saved, now what? I just became a Christian, now what? Click on that link 
and you'll get information, five steps that we want you to begin taking. Again, if you're looking for a church home, if you want a place where you can continue to grow and develop in the Lord, let the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church of Houston, Texas, help you on your journey. We've got some exciting things planned for you. Those of you who are worshiping virtually, we've got some exciting things planned for you. It may be months before we get back to having church like we used to have it, but we want to help you to grow in the meanwhile. So please, ma'am, please, sir, contact our church. Let us know you'd like to begin your discipleship walk with us. You'd like to be with us in terms of helping you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, and we'll do all that we can to help you become all that God wants you to be. Again, I want to thank all of our volunteers who have been serving. It's been an absolute joy. If you've been blessed by this message, listen, it's not too late. You can still become part of the joy campaign. Go to our website. Go to our app. You can sign up for a life group. Do it today. Man, we have hundreds of people in the life group right now. They are studying, encouraging, praying with one another, and you can do it as well. Just sign up and you can get the information to join a Zoom group. And wherever you are in the world, guess what? You don't have to be in a group here in Houston. You can start a group wherever you are in the world. You can use our messages, use our curriculum. Every sermon has discussion questions that are tailored to that message. You can go to our website, go to our app, download those questions, and you can facilitate your own spiritual growth as well as the growth of others. Now, before we go, let me remind you of something. God is doing something wonderful in you. Don't discount it. Don't look away from it. Don't give up on it. Remember, God has not given up on you. Don't give up on God, all right? God is doing something wonderful in me. He's doing something wonderful in you. So let's keep on letting God be God in our lives. Until next time, to God be the glory. God bless you.